Hello everybody and welcome to episode 7 of STCG Talks. On today's episode we have Sarah Simons, who is a teacher in FE and Adult Ed, a writer, a speaker, a TES columnist and the founder of Hashtag UK FE Chat on Twitter. Here's what Sarah had to say. And we've got a very special guest for episode 7. I'm really, really pleased to have Sarah Simons here joining me. Hi Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's nice to have an external guest and you have um, many strings to your bow by the looks of it and from what I've been reading. So do you want to give us a bit of background about you, uh, what you're doing, what your role is? Yeah, I do. As you say, I do lots of bits and pieces. Um, I work with adults with learning difficulties and disabilities in the community and I teach. I'm, I have, I'm not teaching in colleges this year, but I normally do uh, one or two days a week teaching in colleges. I do um, some consultancy for various organisations um, I write for the TES. I've been working there for writing there for ten years now, and I run UKFE Chat, which is um, it started off as a Twitter hashtag group that um, we do every Thursday at nine o'clock during term time and take it in turns to chat about uh, a topic that's close to the heart of whoever is um, hosting that week. Um, but we've done lots of other things in person as well. So, oh, sounds great. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen a couple of those already. Yeah, because I was looking actually looking at your um at your Twitter and reading all the things that you do, and you know the the list is impressive. So it's like I was wondering where do we start with this all. So you said you 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 were teaching um in colleges not this year, but you have previously. How did you find um teaching pre pandemic? Um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what I think of myself as a teacher who does other bits and bobs rather Mm -hmm. than you know in any other way um i'm still teaching uh a couple of courses online uh the community courses they're um creative writing and that sort of thing um but before that i was teaching mainly functional skills english in uh colleges and i'm just i really loved it i loved the challenges of it i loved the the camaraderie of it with the staff and um you know, meeting the students and just learning about other people's lives and how they work and how they, you know, the reasons that they're in the positions that they're in, um, in terms of students, you know, um, yeah. and it's obviously it's not all, uh, lovely and warm and glowy in every single class, mm. but in the classes where it isn't, it, there's still, you know, there's always things to learn. Yeah, definitely. Your, your kind of teaching background is the same as mine. So I, I worked in supported learning teaching for 15 years up until the point where I got my new role. So um, the, it was so rewarding. It was such a lovely job to kind of to be introduced to teaching um, because I was a learning support assistant before doing my PGC, came back to teaching. Um, and it's just, yeah, functional skills was my <laughs> was my subject for English and maths. Um, and every day was different and every day was was fun. And as you say, you get the days that aren't aren't so great but you always find a bit of joy in in those days as well don't you I kind of enjoyed the fact that functional skills as a subject is kind of the underdog yes nobody's first choice no no student's first choice is to do functional skills English um but I kind of enjoyed seeing what I could do to drag them in and get them kind of excited about words and about language and about communicating and so kind of (laughs) 
being being in an underdog subject and uh, doing everything I could to kind of champion it was another challenge that I really, really enjoyed. Because, you, you know, you know what they're like at the beginning. The, some of them don't even know that they have to do functional skills. They think, that's it. Done English and maths. No more for me. Hurrah. Um, and then they turn up and it's, well, actually, you have to do two, three, four hours a week of of this. And so, you know, we can start from a place of them not being delighted. So that journey from um, this is the worst thing ever to actually I quite enjoy this. And for some of them, actually, I'm quite good at it. You know, turns out I didn't know I was good at it, but I am. I found that really exciting. I really enjoyed the um, the thinking on your feet element to it as well, because you had to judge how, how they were feeling when they walked in the classroom. Um, so and you got the chance to have that I suppose slightly when you're teaching functional skills, you have slightly more freedom to be more creative, which kind of suits me down to a T. You have that creativity on how can you make this subject or this topic more interesting and more exciting and more engaging. And I think that's why functional skills was, is so fun to teach compared to maybe other subjects. I'm not going to, you know, other subjects are great, but <laughs> as, as we're saying, you know, it's exciting. It's an exciting topic to teach when you have to really engage, engage learners. Yeah. And having the opportunity to collaborate with, um, subject specialists so you know if a group's doing beauty therapy or but you know working with their teachers their subject teachers to work out what is exciting about that topic that I can then use in my classes or in some groups it's what can I do that's you know who may be having like a really intense time in their chosen subject what can I do that takes them away from that what are they really really into you know, is it music? Is it film? Is it video games? W- what is it that we can kind of latch onto and bring the various areas of the functional skills curriculum into to um, to get them excited? Yeah, I mean that's that's it. That's key. It's, it's the, the whole point of learning is to find some sort of um, way in to get them engaged and excited. And as you say, using things that are familiar to them and things they enjoy doing is 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 key, really, especially functional skills. So that's great. But you said also that you've been teaching online. So um, should we, maybe it's worth touching upon the the differences you've experienced. Um, obviously, there's obvious ones, but the differences you've experienced classroom teaching to online teaching. Yeah. Um, the online courses that I've been teaching are all been uh, community-led ones. So they're all adults. They're all choosing it for um, an extra you know, sort of a hobby type situation or a hobby that might turn into something more. So it's slightly different that they're all, uh, they're all very, very happy to be there. Um, I love my online groups, my creative writing groups, because it's, it's kind of a, a challenge to create a community in a group where nobody's met each other. And especially over the last year where lots of people were isolated and, you know, some people were lonely and it can, could, you know, there's lots of difficulties with staying at home all the time and being cut off from your friends or people you love or whatever. Having the chance to try and create a, a group of people who look forward to coming, to look forward to their sessions because they're within this new friendship group was important as important to me as the actual work we were doing um and I think it was to them as well I think that was part you know that was and is part of it because I'm still teaching those um online groups um 
And the other thing is, when they're really, really into it, they all do loads of homework. And it was it was brilliant, but it was also... I was doing hours and hours a week marking work and I was it was I was trying to feel a bit moany about it because <laughs> obviously when you're teaching sessionally you know you're only teaching for those hours that you know being paid for those hours you teach so to maybe to teach for four hours a week but be marking for eight hours a week was um, a lot but because it's a subject that I really love and because I had um, the time capacity to do it which I know is very different to a lot of full-time teachers and part-time teachers um I found working through the the homework as as useful to me as it was to them yeah what's what's your um what's your chosen online delivery platform then what do you use uh zoom we're using for uh the company the the organization I'm working for Okay, have you tried any other ones out before, like, you know, Teams or anything like that, or have you just... Yeah, well, I did quite a few webinars for the ETF last year, and um, as well as for Derby College and um, a few other bits and bats. Um, And it was always either Zoom or Teams. So I don't have a lot of experience outside of those two. Yeah, I mean they're the they're the main ones really. We, we use um we're in Microsoft College now, so we use we used we use Teams for the past year now really. Um, did you what did you use any kind of other digital uh, applications alongside your or do you alongside your delivery online? How do you mean? So um, you have got things like Nearpod or quizzes, anything like that. Any sort of digital applications you can use for formative assessment stuff like that. Any recommendations or? I haven't been using those sort of things because of the types of, you know, the learning group that I have, Mm. as I say, because of them and because they're just really into the subject um, and because it's more of an informal uh, session where I'm not having to, you know, there's no exam at the end. There's no sort Mm. of assessment, formal assessment. Um, But I do enjoy, I enjoy a quiz very much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I know lots of people who use them in uh, really inventive ways, and I really love the idea of um, using them at the end of a session. Yeah, um, and doing it kind of as a routine—the routine and the tradition of that being as important as the quiz itself. So learners get to the get to a point of listening out for what questions and answers them they might be learning, new information that might turn up in that uh, quiz at the end and it's kind of like it's a bit of stealth teaching and learning isn't it <laughs> but you where it's kind of gamifying it a bit um for the means of uh the quiz and of course lots of the different quiz um applications give you the opportunity to track and to monitor and to you know they have all those sorts of functions in so you can see the way that the learners are going throughout the year but i do love that idea of tradition with it yeah, yeah. i mean there's there's a massive obviously there's a huge resurgence in um those online quiz platforms i mean we were i was delivering cpd sessions on them before the pandemic luckily so people <laughs> people familiar yeah. with some of them because that, that was for use within the classroom um but actually a lot of them it's just so versatile you can switch online even more effectively i think than actually in the classroom um, the only downside, as we touched upon in, in our last episode, was um, actually learners having access to those devices to actually be able to take part in in online learning. 
which was um, definitely negative to the to the whole experience. But on the positive side, I think we looked at new and innovative ways that we can actually engage uh, learners and a new learner base as well, possibly um, for online learning, because we know that universities have been doing it for quite a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was quite an interesting development to see how, how the digital side of education just kind of flourished and boomed. Yeah, I think equitable access is a massive mm. subject in terms of, um, you know, that sometimes, and this is one of the things that I could rant at for about four hours, the, <laughs> the assumption of bring your own device, um, which makes me want to throw things, you know, there's, I've taught lots and lots of learners who have to, you know, some adult groups who are maybe long-term unemployed people who've been referred and things like that, who have to choose between getting the bus and buying food for tea. So the idea that they that they would have, or lots and lots of people would have access to, you know, a smartphone or a or a laptop or a or a tablet that or if they do that they could use it whenever they wanted is just you know it's an assumption assumption too far and um i think that is one of the big challenges with online learning especially with you know online learning over the past year where lots of people have been at home um mm. making sure that learners do have access and they have access which doesn't uh, kind of make a, a negative impact on their learning, you know. So maybe they have a, a tablet, but it has to be shared with mum and dad and two two siblings, you know. And the siblings are at, uh, at school, and so their routine is more um, rigid. How, you know, how do you get round that? Yeah, there's. I mean, that's there's that, and there's also it's coupled with the fact that there's the assumption that because they're of a certain age group. They understand and will pick up these technologies instantly, which isn't actually the case. The risk-taking factor of a teacher comes into place where they, they're, they're worried to take risk in case the learners, you know, say something or, you know, react a certain way. But actually, a lot of teachers, I've said this before as well, um, it's worth remembering that it could be the first time for most of your learners as well using a, an application or a online, you know, conferencing software or whatever. So it's that assumption that every student of 16 to 19 years old understands how you know a quiz works or a game works online they don't so it's a it's a very it's a very kind of shaky road to, to cross you have to kind of be really careful with it there's a lot of upskilling still needed um for a lot of people but also as you mentioned the availability and access to devices is key because otherwise it just falls flat doesn't it yeah um i don't know about you i find that uh with younger students it's a massive generalization but mm. They're absolutely brilliant at the technology that is important to them and other technologies, not so much. You know, so yeah. they may be absolutely brilliant at social media, at Instagram, all the, you know, TikTok, that sort of thing, but they haven't quite grasped the concept of emailing. Mm. Yeah. You know, and it can be, I mean, emailing is considered, you know, comparably old fashioned, really, isn't it? Mm. And, um, so it's those sort of um, ideas in terms of skill sets, which maybe needs a bit more exploring. Because I suppose it's only natural that you're really good at stuff that's important and uh, you use more regularly than other stuff which you may not. Definitely. You're always more inclined to apply yourself to something you enjoy. So exactly. It's the stuff that you, stuff that you know and you, that you do regularly is something you'd 
you'd be better at than something that's brand new. Yeah. And yeah. It's getting rid of that. Yeah. That assumption. I mean, we've got to touch upon the fact that you write for TES as well, because TES has been like a, well, was a savior of mine for resources when I was a teacher. Um, so as a columnist, can people go out and find your columns just by searching your name and what, what's been the most successful one you've written i suppose big question um well uh i'm doing i've been doing less writing for the tes this year um because okay. i've had all sorts of other things uh cropping up but i'm still very much uh a tes columnist um yeah, as I say, I've been writing for for about ten years, and that started because I was really, really cheeky. And before I was a teacher, I was um, a, a, a an actor for about fifteen years, oh, right. and, and and there was kind of a crossover where I was writing screenwriting, and then after I had my son and I kind of dropped back from my creative side just to get a bit more into you know finding a reason to put my mascara on and get out of the house one of my friends who was a lecturer suggested that I did a um a teaching qualification and so I went to college and did you know teaching qualification with the with the idea that I would be you know going out and doing you know be teaching a couple of classes a week I'd be out the house but then as soon as I started doing me um you know your practice that you've to do uh in college while you're doing the qualification I just loved it and I thought oh this is for me and um so what was kind of just something that was almost a hobby turned into my main focus and so I was still doing my qualification while I was teaching uh you know about a four days a week and I was reading everything I could and going to every conference I could at that point there weren't any FE conferences that were for people other than senior you know other than leadership um and so I was going to lots of schools conferences and usually being the only FE person there um and just I was just super super curious and I'd read every every page of the TES and uh, I'd had a really bad day at college. There was a, a big staff room hoo-ha about who had which uh, filing cabinet cupboard. And it was one of those things where, where you're in an enclosed kind of atmosphere and everything's really intense, that tiny things take over and turn into this enormous drama. And I came home and I was really naffed off and I'd just had enough and uh, I was reading my TES and my husband said why don't you see if you can write for them and I said uh, well you know because I'm I'm not a proper teacher you know everything's fed up and I was so kind of at that on that day kind of devil may care that I just found the name of the the editor at the back of the TES and emailed saying, this is what I've done. This is, you know, I'm background in writing. I was acting before that. I've started teaching. Um, can I pitch some stuff to you about the idea of my ongoing journey learning? It's not about me giving advice, not about me being, you know, the font of knowledge. It's about my own learning in this environment. And um, 
they got back to me the next day saying, yes, please, can we have 700 words by Friday? And um, so that was brilliant. That was really brilliant. And from there, I started doing more and more columns. And it got to the point where there was quite a few years where I was writing a, writing a column every week. Um, so there's been, I've written about 400, I think. About, between, yeah, 350, 400 columns and features and uh yeah so to answer a really simple question with the longest answer ever it's <laughs> <laughs> interesting it's really I, don't, interesting. I don't know i don't know what what my favorite is <laughs> no well no not if you've written between 350 and 400 i mean that's that's tall order to choose that but that's brilliant that they're available still and people can go and go and have a read and, and look back and maybe find your first ever one <laughs> oh, I know what my first one was about. It was about video games. Oh, was it, it was about um I know it, it was I was teaching uh construction gentlemen and there were all young lads in the group and I knew that there was a new um uh Call of Duty coming out on the the day before that I was teaching them at nine o'clock in the morning and I knew that a load of them were queuing up at midnight to get the Call of Duty and it was in the time where you had to queue up and get it. You couldn't just get it online. Um, and I knew there'd be, if the, the ones that turned up the next day, I knew they'd have had about two hours sleep because uh, they'd have been playing Call of Duty all <laughs> night. So I did a session about Call of Duty and we looked at um, all sorts of different stuff, the motivation for gaming, the it was everything was kind of rooted around that video game and you know clips from YouTube about it and um, discussion discussing strategy and you know and then turning it into getting all the the nuts and bolts English stuff into it you know all the basics but the 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 content the theme was a the thing that they were interested in because mm. um, I just thought there's there's no point trying to get them getting their head out of this subject why would I when they're all interested in it I might as well just you know throw myself in and and take my subject with me so I mean that sounds like a great article I'm gonna have to go and find that to go and have a little <laughs> read a little read of that and then I'll work my way through the other 400 <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's really I mean it's great I, I'd love to be able to do some some writing as well I think it's a really great way of kind of getting across a an opinion of you or a or a specialism or a yeah, teaching and learning tip or tool. I think it's nice. I mean, I suppose that's in a way how I'd like the podcast to go one day. So maybe just going back to um, you spoke about your Twitter account and how you did the UKFE hashtag UKFE chat. Um, so people wanted to join in. Could you just kind of um, just go through again how they can do that? Yeah, um, it's Thursday night at nine o'clock. If you put the hashtag UKFE chat into the search bar on Twitter, there should be the long line comes up the big timeline of all sorts of conversations about FE and about um, the topics that have been discussed the week before or will be discussed this week. And to get involved in in those topics, you can access this at any time during the week just by putting UKFE chat, the hashtag, into your tweet. Mm -hmm. um, this week's is about inclusion. I think last week's was about research. Um, and different people around the sector use use it to you know host and and bring their specialisms into it. It's open to everybody, 
So whether you're a student teacher in your first few months or whether you're a principal CEO, um, everybody's welcome. And that's part of the fun of it, that Mm. it's hierarchy free. And so we can have people at all different uh, levels really learning from each other. Um, And it may be assumed that the student may learn more than the CEO, but a lot of people who are in really senior positions, uh, I find, don't often get the opportunity to have these frank and uh, almost uncensored conversations Mm. with people who are, you, you know, sessional teachers or student teachers um because other things kind of come into it if you've got your principal visiting your class you might be a bit nervous you know um when you go into ukfe chart everybody's the same you know and people learn as much as they can in from whatever area that they can and they share and they collaborate and it's a lovely welcoming group there's no fallings out there's no kicking off (laughs) No filing cabinet arguments then. No, no, there's no <laughs> nobody kicking off about filing cabinets. Um, we often go off tangent and end up talking about blooming TV shows and all sorts of stuff that's uh, going on um, in our lives, which is lovely because loads of people, have, uh, including myself, has developed lots and lots of proper friendships and friendships that are continuing real life mm. through it. That's brilliant. And I, I guess that was a running all the way through the pandemic as well for teachers to access uh, for some support if they're by themselves or whatever, a nice little community, you know, chat yeah, group. Yeah. yeah, very much so. And um, the continuity, I think, was really important as well. And that's one of the reasons why it's um, continued for so long, I think, that um, it's just there. Some weeks there might be 200 people involved some weeks there might be five people involved Hmm. but it's the knowledge that it's just going to be there every week in term time for you to you know get involved with there's a group that's going to be welcoming and um and just have a lovely time together yeah that's great brilliant so hopefully you'll get a few more people kind of joining in on that as well after after listening to this yeah lovely can i tell you my my twitter is yeah please do is at Mrs. Sarah Simons. Um, it's protected at the moment, so if you um, if you want to chat, please do do me the request thingy, and um, I uh, access it straight away. Brilliant. And can people get you on LinkedIn as well? Oh, do you know LinkedIn? I know it's really, really important. I know it is, and it's what all the grown ups do. And I've tried about. Oh, God, through the years, I've tried maybe 10 times to get myself really involved with it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe it's because I've told myself this is for the grown-ups. It's not for people like you, Sarah, <laughs> who probably says, I mean, daft. Um, so I am on there, but I, I, uh, don't, I don't look much. at it very no. often. I had to actually, I had to start getting getting into that, really, because I'm, I'm more of an Instagram and Twitter person. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought for from a professional standpoint, I suppose I should get. No, I know more. it is. It's, you're completely right. It is. It's it's just me being jacked. Uh, I mean, I suppose you could be a bit more free and easy on Twitter as well, can't you? And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all comments made by me are by me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to to kind of add or go go over at all while we're here? Um, 
can I ask you what college is like at the moment? Because as I'm, as I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not actually working in a college this yeah. year. Um, yeah. What's your, what's it like in your colleges? Is it is it in terms of pandemic? My son's just started college this year. Hmm. Um, he's just started at an FE college, and their timetable is completely different to anything that I was working on before. And hmm. you know the routines of. Uh, having a, a COVID test every time that they go in and things mm. like that. Um, so I see the differences from a mum point of view, but not for, not from a teacher point of view. So it's been a very different, very different term. Um, it's going to be a very different end to to the academic year as well. Um, from my standpoint, I work in teaching and learning specifically now as as a coach. So working with teachers was it was a really busy time for me during um, before the pandemic and during the pandemic, but. Now the focus has slightly shifted because everyone's still uh, a bit unsure, a bit uncertain about how how to go about things. Uh, hence, why the digital teams being formed, so maybe we can start looking at other ways in which we can engage learners in the classroom safely without having to be too close. Because uh, let's face it, it, it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so we need to look at ways we can adapt. The the timetables looking kind of similar to how they used to, with be it a few remote sessions here and there for tutorials. Practical classes obviously have to go ahead as is, um, as, as safely as they can. Um, but there is a, I can feel a, a, a positive, positive change coming. Um, yeah. People are feeling a bit more settled. It's, it's the unknown and it's the uncertainty. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to work remotely a couple of days and go in a couple of days. But, you know, teaching staff are there all week. So you can understand the anxieties that that can bring up in certain people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different world. But I'm, I'm trying to, work towards a more positive outlook on how things can can move forward especially for further education um because well we are as you know more more often than not left left behind slightly with things yeah um so i'm hoping we can as a college group you know develop more um try and become a bit more in the forefront of digital um learning as well because i think that's important but also it's been really great to be able to share best practice amongst colleges around the country um so that has been a real eye-opener for me because I've never really been involved in that sharing of best practice across college colleges across the country maybe across our group but not you know not not nationwide so that's been really interesting and insightful and I hope that continues and you th- do you think the pandemic has kind of um you know increased that oh 100% yeah I mean it was as I said I was I was teaching um 15 odd years before my my newish role which is the teaching and learning coach so I'm a full-time teaching and learning coach so I support staff members. So in the pandemic, I was involved in a lot of the sharing best tra- practice groups. We, we put on a thing called Colleges Collaborate with um, North Kent College, Chichester College and us, which was a yeah. big collaboration between the colleges. And that was a live event. And that was the first time I really experienced the um, willingness for everyone just to get get on. And it's, it's gone other days of competition, I think, unless you're really close yeah. to college, obviously. It's about sharing best practices. We've learned so much from each other, and it's nice to see other colleges using some ideas that you've given them, but also you're, you know, adapting ideas that they've given you. And it's just like, yeah, what a community to be part of. That's why I like the idea of your hashtag, you know, UKFE chat. It's just like brilliant, yeah. And when we did start that, it was a, it was, you know, right at the height of colleges being really competitive, which mm. I just thought was crackers. You know, mm. it's a bit. If people are experiencing the same sort of thing in 
Newcastle as they are in Birmingham, as mm. they are in, you know, Norwich. And everybody's, you know, it makes you feel less isolated. It, may, it makes you feel that the way that you're doing it is perhaps it's okay yeah. if somebody else is having the same issue the other end of the country. Well, and exactly then sharing it. kind of sharing tips and and uh, resources and ideas in how to mitigate any of those challenges. Mm. We're quite proactive at the start of the the first lockdown for teaching and learning and assessment. I, my colleague um, Mel Coleman and I set up um, an Instagram or YouTube. We posted videos on YouTube constantly on how to use um, you know different online learning tools because obviously it's brand new to a lot of people. Diff- new applications, online application software, tons of stuff. And that was open to, to the world, basically. And, you know, that was amazing to see teachers from around the world actually engaging in those kind of um, instructional videos and content that yeah. we put together. And that was lovely to see that actually I've got messages from people in China, from Mexico, all over saying, oh, we've used this. Thank you so much. That's what it's about. It's about if you're able to create content like that, because not everyone can put together a, a, a video and stick it on YouTube. It's, it, it's a process to it. You have to learn that process. But if you're able to do that, then share it around. Let people do, you know, let people experience and use your resources. That's why STCG Talks is great because it's for everyone to use to listen to you talk today. For example, I mean, it's 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 a brilliant brilliant tool to for people to hear about what you're doing and get involved in what you're doing as well. So yeah, that's my waffle for you there. <laughs> no, that's that's it. Really interesting. Um, I'd be interested to know as well about uh. You know the flow of the year, what it's normally like before all the pandemic, where the, whereas the first term of the year where it's getting to know your students and yeah. um, all of that, and then the second term, I mean, in terms of functional skills, second terms I, I usually find as quite creative. It's where you can be experimental and creative and, and do all mm. sorts of things, and then the third term is exams, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's relaxed, and then you're back to it. Yeah. Um, I expect that flow has sort of changed mm-hmm. with the way that, whether the year has changed and may possibly change in the future yeah it definitely has it's 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 noticeable definitely because obviously we're so used to being in that routine and as you as you said that routine is it never really deviated from that routine that's how it always has been and and now it's not quite like that it's it's feeling slightly different in the sense that yeah there's different ways and approaches and methods that, that things are being done whether that's because it was a very odd year to start with. Um, Sorry, academic year. It's from September. You know, we had a couple of lockdowns during that as well. Um, so that's why I think it's more more important than ever. We actually start working towards the more digital side so it appeals to more learners. And also it gives them a chance to actually be competitive in employment and industries where they're moving towards full automation um, and digital skills are highly you know, regarded and expected. So that's the way things are going yeah do you know the um i on just about every webinar i've done i've finished with um it's a tweet from one of my friends uh she's just got she's just finished a phd so now she's dr k sidebottom um who's worked in fa a long time and is now in working i think she's doing um uh various things to do with education at university and she tweeted this she said um in case you need it here's your weekly reminder that you're living working caring parenting learning teaching through a pandemic Mm. we're all doing our best yeah 
and it was something like that but it really grabbed me because you know we've got to the point where it almost seems a bit normal that things are, are weird mm. you know and the fact that we're doing all this when the world stopped or yeah. you know and so many people have had so much awfulness so many terrible things happen that you know for for the system to continue to function and to continue to have learners going through it and going you know and getting their education and getting the skills that they need to do what they want to do and for the the staff the teachers the managers the senior leadership to continue to make the organization run mm. it's you know sometimes yeah. i think you know need to stop and congratulate yourselves a bit <laughs> you know because it, it isn't the new normal it isn't normal times it's no. it's it's a huge like global trauma isn't it yeah. that everybody's doing the best to get through and we're not there yet that's why it was interesting actually i was talking to my wife the other day about um the lockdowns and we're actually trying to remember how many lockdowns we'd gone through and also the dates it's it, and it's yeah it's still not over i think that's probably a good place to end it and maybe um We'll have to have a chat again on another episode because we've got so much to say, haven't we? <laughs> oh, it's been lovely chatting to you. Thanks ever so much. Oh, thanks, Sarah. It's been really good, really good talking to you too. And there you have it. That rounds off episode seven of STCG Talks. And what a great episode that was. Thanks so much, Sarah Simons, for joining us. And don't forget to go and check out on Twitter, hashtag UKFEChat. Join in their conversation, share best practice and take part in this wonderful online community. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak soon. <laughs>